We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is well known for supporting local West Cork sport at all levels, and we look forward to telling that story throughout the summer and beyond. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. On this week's podcast, we're chatting to Cork football legend Daniel Goulding after his club, Era O, secured the 2020 Senior A Football Championship crown by beating Mallow on Saturday. Aero Og will now meet Castlehaven, Newcastle and Calgary Rangers in the group stage of the 2021 Premier Senior Football Championship. We'll also hear from two members of the Bearhaven golf club team that secured the club's first ever national title with a win over Baltinglass at Donegal Golf Club last week. Joe O'Neill and Chris Downey both played key roles as the Bear Club won the 2020 Jimmy Bruin Shield. But with only 31 days to go, until the start of the Tokyo Olympics, we're going to start today's show by running through the West Cork athletes set to represent Ireland at the Summer Sporting Spectacular. Kieran will come to the rowers in just a second, but someone we haven't spoken about much in recent weeks is the Balanine Bullet, Phil Healy. Where does Phil currently stand just over a month out from the opening ceremony? So... This time next week, or by Wednesday or Thursday of next week, Phil Healy will know for certain what events she is competing in at the Tokyo Olympics. The cutoff point for the 200 and 400 metre um, is June 29th. So Phil will, like I said, she'll know for definite how many events she'll be entered in. Phil is competing in the National Senior Championships this weekend into 400 metres. So how, how it works is with the 200, 400 and a lot of the athletics events, you have to be within a certain world ranking at the cutoff point, which is June 29th. So the qualification window will close on that date. And then it's the top 48, top 52, top 56 athletes, depending on the event that will qualify for the games. Currently in the 200 meters, Phil is, I think she's 40 out of 56 athletes. So she's in a very healthy position to go to Tokyo in the, the, the 200 meters. In the 400 meters, currently she's 44 out of 48 athletes. Um, so that's why she's focusing on the 400 metres at this weekend's National Senior Championships. She has the heats on Friday night and the final on Saturday. 
all going well there. Phil could win or should win the 400 meter title. And that's a big boost for Phil in ranking points then. And that will push her right up the rankings. So when the qualification window closes on June 29th, it'll probably take a day or two for World, World Athletics to start out who is going and who isn't going. Because some of the athletes ahead of Phil right now won't actually travel to, to, to the Olympics. So they'll take a bit of sorting out. So by next Wednesday, Thursday, we'll know for definite what events Phil is in. And it's also worth remembering that Phil also qualified with the Irish 4 by 400 meter mixed relay team. So touch wood again, um, she's almost nailed on as well as close as possible for a spot in that team. So hopefully she'll be qualified in three events for, for the games. And that will swell the West Cork ranks even more. But just clarify that one for us then, Kieran, because obviously you mentioned she was part of the relay team that actually qualified for Team Ireland, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's guaranteed her place. It's a selection-based process, is that correct? Exactly, it's a selection-based process because Thomas Barr, who helped qualify that team um, back in May, he won't be competing on that team at the Olympics, so there was one spot open there for, for a male runner to come in, and then there's the, the likes of Rashiki Adeleke, who is flying at the moment, so she could come into the 400-meter team as well to really threaten that. So we have to wait to see when Team Ireland fi finally announces the official selection, but that should come quite soon as well. Would you think, considering the form Phil is in and the role she played over, over two when that team qualified, that she looks very, very certain to be named in that squad as well? And Kieran, just last week, you brought us the news on southernstar.ie that a total of seven West Cork athletes and reserves and coaches will be representing rowing at the Tokyo Olympics. So there are four rowers, two reserves and coach Dominic Casey. You had a great piece online, Meet the Rower. So for anyone who didn't actually see that piece or who hasn't had a chance to check it out on our YouTube channel, maybe you could give us a quick rundown of this historic moment really for West Cork rowing. It's incredible, really, when you think about it, that um, if you look over the previous Olympics, five Skibreen rowers went in total. You, Timmy Harnady and Eugene Coakley back in Athens in 04. You had Richard Coakley in Beijing in 08. And obviously, Gary and Paul won that famous Olympic silver medal in 2016. So that was five Skibreen rowers at the Games. But now, in one foul swoop, we have six rowers on the Team Ireland team that is travelling to Tokyo next month. And we also have Dominic Casey, who is a rowing Ireland lightweight coach. So it's an incredible milestone, an incredible moment again for Skibbereen Rowing Club. And these, these athletes, these local athletes will fly the Skib and West Cork flag with, with, with some pride in Tokyo next month. There is Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy in the Irish lightweight men's double. And this, this pairing have been dominant. They're world and European champions. And they go to Tokyo as a real, real medal prospect. And the reserve there is no, none other than Gary O'Donovan. So what a world-class athlete to be able to call on if needed. We have Emily Hegarty then in the Irish Women's Four, another top-class athlete, and she's going to her first Olympic Games. Then in the Irish Lightweight Women's Double, we have Aoife Casey, who is the daughter of Dominic Casey. And Aoife would be partnered by Margaret Crimmon from Rochestown. So that's an all-cork boat. And the reserve for that Irish Double is Lydia Heafy from Lip. So that are your six rowers there plus plus Dominic Casey. And when you add in Phil Healy as well, that's seven West Cork athletes going to the Tokyo Games plus Dominic Casey. So it's an incredible moment again for West Cork sport. Um, it's just a West Cork. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Jack. 
And just to flag for listeners and viewers of this podcast, we're going to have a special Tokyo Olympics magazine coming out soon. Could you tell us maybe a bit about that? Yeah, that's in the pipeline. We're starting work on it now. So that'll be for the week of the Olympics, a 24-page special on the, the West Cork Olympians. So that's obviously Phil Healy and all the roars. We'll be deep diving into what makes them so good. And we'll have special columnists coming on board too to give insight into these people as well. I don't want to give away too much too soon, but it's going to be top class local content as well. And whatever, when it comes to the West Cork Olympians, Southern Star has been number one for them over the years and will be number one for content and all information on all our Olympians again this year. So it's worth keeping an eye on over the next couple of weeks. We'll promo it, we'll talk about it, and we'll reveal more as we get closer. But already, Jack, there's some really top class interviews, some really revealing insight into our local heroes that will, like I said earlier, will fly the West Cork flag on the biggest sporting stage of them all. And last question then before we take a quick break here. Have you managed to convince our paymasters, the big wigs at the Southern Star, to allow you apply for accreditation and to book flights to represent the Southern Star on the ground in Tokyo? Or is that wishful thinking? That's very much wishful thinking. My my companion for the Tokyo Olympics will be this unicorn behind me to the right, which has been my, my friend on the podcast for the last couple of months. So I, I'll be based at home um, keeping an eye on our, on our West Cork Olympians. But if somebody wants to send me out or wants a charter flight to send me out to Tokyo, feel free to, you can email sport at southernstar.ie and just title it, help our sports aid. Great stuff. Well, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Cork footballing legend, Daniel Goulding. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Aero Og booked their place in the 2021 Premier Senior Football Championship by beating Mallow 213 to 1-7 in the delayed Senior A Football Championship final on Saturday. Captain Daniel Goulding kicked four points for the Ovens men and we'll hear from him in a moment. But Kieran, what can the West Cork sides Castlehaven, Town, and Carberry Rangers expect from Aero Og when they meet later in the year. Aero Og's confidence will be sky high after the last couple of seasons. This is a team that's been on the rise for the last couple of years or so. They're hitting the Premier Senior ranks for the first time in the club's history, taking their place at the top table of club football in Cork. And they won't fear anyone. I'd say if you told them in the morning, they go out now and take on Castlehaven, down in Castlehaven, They'd, they'd be there five hours before throwing, you know, they're going to be mad eager, mad keen just to kick on and just to show everyone that they deserve to be at the, at the top level of car club football, which they do like. That was a very impressive win against Mallow um, last week. When you think back to last year's group stages of the championship, Mallow actually beat Aero Oak. So for Aero Oak to turn the tables and so impressively and without some of their bigger names, Kieran Sheehan is out injured at the moment. He was missing. They lost Colin O'Callaghan to injury too the last day. So they've been missing a couple of the we call them their, their bigger names and more established players, but they still turn on the style, a very emphatic win. And as you'll hear from Daniel Goulding now, um, they're looking forward to sinking their teeth into the, the West Cork trio of Castlehaven, Carberry Rangers and, and Newsestown. We're just a few days after Aero Oaks' famous county final win, and we're joined now on the podcast by Captain Daniel Goulding. Daniel, congrats on... Air Oak's fantastic victory on Saturday night. Have your feet touched the ground yet? Has it sunk in what Air Oak have achieved? Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it hasn't sunk in yet. I don't think it will for a while, probably. Um, 
you know, it's um, great, great to be part of uh, that performance on um, Saturday night. I think the way we played as well was a lot of people saying the way we played football was good. It was good style. And um, just, it's nice that all the planning over, what, nine or ten months to play one game that you actually, when we turned up, we performed fairly um, well on the day. And that's that's nice too. Is that very pleasing that you, you turn in such a big performance in such a big game on such a, a big stage? Like you said there, you've waited a long time for, for this um, Senior A football final, but you turned up when it mattered. Yeah, I think I think in fairness to all the, the lads, like they were, they were super all year, like even training on your own in January, February, like everyone was doing what they were supposed to do. Um, every Just everyone was being accountable for themselves and fellas came back. Um, when we came back to the train, then about six weeks ago, it was just football because everyone was already fit. So um, the hard work definitely paid off, and look, I'm delighted for all the lads, just the, all the players, all the, the hard work and long hours on their own that they put in this year. And um, it's great for the management too. They they put in a huge effort as well. And obviously, Paddy Kassan, um, you know, he had um, he just really, really well. Um, well oiled for the big day. Like we said there, it's been a long wait for this 2020 Cork Senior A football final and we've gone through lockdowns and all since then. But was it always there in the back of the mind, like a motivating factor? Because you knew you'd have to play in Mallow at some stage. So did it just keep you going, let's say, through the early months of this year, the dark nights, the long days, training on your own? Was it this always in the back of your mind that there that you would get your chance in the county final? Yeah, exactly. That, that was, uh, I'd imagine it would have been a lot harder to bring a bit well harder is not that the word but motivation for a first round game it's 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 a lot easier to be your motivation for a county final so um I think everyone just knuckled down and like I suppose the, the beauty of it we've nothing else to do so training was all, all we could do anyway even if it was on our own but um like as I said what people just bought into what party laid out for us and you know um there there are a lot of young lads there and it's competitive kind of set up there's fellas fighting for places which is great so if anyone dropped off there was you know there was someone to replace them straight away so I suppose that's that's great for that's great for preparing for a county final that you know that you can count on 24 or 5 fellas to be at the pitch of the game and the show we used all our bench I think as well and um, we were down a couple of fellas and fellas really stood up as well as you know just on that competition for places, and you made a great point there about the, I suppose, the depth of the Air Oak squad. Um, no Kieran Sheehan, no John Mullins, Colin McAllen went off injured as well, kind of three big names, yet the fellas who replaced them were just as good and, and kind of carry carry the fight to Mallow as well. It shows you've developed a really strong panel there, Daniel. Yeah, there is. I think the, the nucleus of that Premier Minor team that won, they won the Premier Minor country, Colin McAllen's age group, um, three years ago, four years ago, no, maybe all of those lads kind of are still playing. They're kind of the nucleus of the group now. Um, the average age of the group is about 23 or 4 if you take, I'd say it's only 20 if you take myself and the machine, not a wee bit. Um, but yeah, and you know what, they're a great bunch of lads and they, they love training and they love playing together and they love celebrating together too. And, you know, um, they're, they're very competitive. And as I said, like that's, it was it's always a case of next man up with them and just do your job. Um like in fairness to Party, he, he the game plan kind of nailed down and like when you when you're on the pitch you know exactly what you have to do and it's 
just concentrating on your own job and what, what you're giving for the team. And, you know, that's why you have fellas coming in and replacing lads seamlessly. You obviously know Paddy Cassanwell from your days in, in the Cork senior football team together, but in his role as a coach with Air Oak, I was saw a quote there from Harry O'Reilly. He said that Paddy trains the lads like a senior inter-county team and he sets very high standards. Um, just talk to me about Paddy's role and his importance in Air Oak's success. Yeah, look, there's, there's two parts to it. I think he just raised the bar in terms of how we prepare from physically. I think you can look look at the word. Those young lads are very athletic, like they're we're an athletic team and you know, Paddy puts huge emphasis on, you know, being fit number one, but trying to stay injury-free number two and minding your body. And um, I think that's really improved for us over the last couple of years. And, and then on top of it is, like, uh, his coaching has been excellent as well and his attention to detail. And, um, it's, you know, and it's just repetitive, repetitive nature of it that everyone understands that it's so well-driven into us that we, have, we all have a job to do and you're... you're you might be doing something for the team and it's not for the benefit of yourself, but uh, everyone just does what does what he asks because he's been there himself, he's done it and you know he's um he's uh when you when you listen to him like you know what he's saying, he believes it himself and that he do it himself. So it's every it's, it's easy for all or less to point and then when you're looking back at last Saturday's final against Mallow, what are the big moments that stand out for you? Um you know, I, I don't know, really, to be honest, it was a fine whistle. I knew it was the first one. Um, fine whistle and a couple of minutes on the pitch after. You know, it was, it was great to even have 100 air woke people there. Um, you know, it just made it that bit more special and people that have been involved with the club all through the years, um, family, friends, kind of. I was just even to have those people there was great. Um, you know, to be fair, I, I just, there's the thing I just couldn't get over, the athleticism of our... our the middle eight particularly, um, like like the, the the two Coopers, uh, Jack Murphy, Ron and Cullum, well before he got injured, Hall Hallisey really came out and all these fellas were just starved for work and running and you know creating overlaps and um, tracking back, chasing hard like they just worked tirelessly for the hour like it's a, just very impressive with it like they just really like John Cooper at every water break could barely talk he was just he was just like, sitting on his own in one of the seats like. You can see him in the video, it's, it's hilarious. And then, like, he just gets up and goes at it for another 15 minutes again. Like, it's an incredible moment. Like, you, I can imagine when the final whistle went last Saturday night, and Aero Oak knew, you know, that you're going up to the top tier of car club football for the first time in the club's history. And this journey that the team has been on, or, or the club has been on in the last number of years, is quite extraordinary. And yourself, and is it a Dermot O'Hurley? You've been there from the junior days right up to the senior ranks, kind of winning the junior back in 08, intermediate in 2014. Premier Intermediate in 2019 and now the Senior A. Um, do you have to pinch yourself, Daniel, looking at the journey that the club has been on? Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I suppose what people wouldn't realise when you see where we are now is that like when I started, like you'd play a championship on a Saturday and your first training would have been with Thursday because we were we were predominantly hurling. It was more hurling focused. We were intermediate hurling and, you know, that was most of the... Most of the um, the lads' focus was on hurling back then, like, and that's that's where we started. And you know, there's a huge amount of work from an awful lot of people um, to kind of start it off. I'd say with our minor team, and I want a minor with, um, say, Dormer's brother in 2002. That's kind of how it all started. The bit of focus on football came from there, and like, there's 
loads of fellas. A lot of good Kerry men around the place. Um, uh, John John O'Shea would have put in huge work with us. He was involved in the other, the other two counties, the first two counties, and um, Tom Scally, Jimmy Corkery, all these fellas, Joe O'Connor, they're all fellas that no one would probably know was involved now, but they all put in crazy work, say, through the years. And like all the people that go down every Saturday morning, even know it underage, like the place on Saturday morning, you can't get in there. It's it's crazy how, how the club has transformed over the years. Um, and yeah, it's nice to. It's, it's nice for all of them as well and all those people and Sarah Chairman, Pat Malone, these fellas have put in crazy work with the last 40 years and you know, it's, it's nice to get some reward for the club and put them in the spotlight for a bit. It's like like you've said, there are so many people who have been involved in this journey and this is the getting to the senior, the top premier senior grade. It's the culmination of years and decades of hard work. Um, how much are you looking forward to mixing it with some, some of the big boys later in the summer? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be great, yeah. You know, if, uh, as I said, could you go from playing first round of the Midcourt Championship to playing Castlehaven and Ross and Newcastle? It's, yeah, it's a dream I've made a really little great challenge again, now, you know. It's, um, it's going to be great post playing those games, like, and I suppose we've nothing to lose either. We've, you know, we've, um, the success of the last two years, I suppose, kind of takes all the pressure off and. Um, it was also nice, I suppose, to being when we won the Premier Intermediate. It was probably a small, well, for me anyway, it was a small bit disappointing that the new grade was set up the next year. So you were, you didn't actually go proper senior. So it was nice to finish it off as well and do it so quickly. Um, and as I said, no playing, playing with the big boys and all, it's going to be good fun. But it actually make you even more determined to get up to the top grade. The fact that you said there you won Premier Intermediate 2019, but then the Senior A came in last year, so you're almost denied the chance of going straight up to, to the top senior ranks. Yeah, I suppose it was in the back of my head anyway. I was never really talked about um, as a group, but I suppose it was always in the back of my head that, you know, you'd like to jump. You'd like to do the full jump, like, you know, and, uh, um, you know, it's... There's a nice, there's a nice ring to it now when you say how we've gone from junior to senior four, four coaches is it's you know it's, it's great for the club. Like I mentioned earlier, you're going to get crash the West Cork group there in the in the Premier Senior ranks with Castlehaven, Carberry Rangers, and Newcastle like some big names in there, um, some county winners. Obviously, the county finest Castlehaven. If I had to put you on the spot, Daniel, which one of those three teams would you be most looking forward to coming up against? Um. They're all going to bring their own challenges for different reasons. Um, it's supposed to be great to play the Haven in championship just because it's they're the Haven, like it's they're synonymous with uh, like they were a small rural club and they did amazing things. And you know, it's just um, great, great to play them like they're at the top table every or near near the new there every year. And Ross is Ross as well. So, look, I'll get to play against John Hayes in championship. It's um. You know, it's looking forward to all the games, to be honest with you. I presume they always have great battles. We played New Zealand last couple of years and that league games, we always have great battles with them as well. So uh, there's one thing for sure, anyway, none, none of it's going to be easy. I presume the Aero footballers will play the championship game in the morning. You probably can't wait now for the throw in in a couple of months' time. Yeah, do you know what? No, it's funny. With, like, our focus is switching out to hurling. Like, we're, you know, and the majority of us are playing both. So it'll be. We're probably five weeks of hurling now, and we probably won't see a football. Um, fairness, that's one thing that's been brilliant this year between our two setups. Like, um, and last year, like 
they just worked together so well and just really looked after the players. Like no players were ever dogged for doing too much and it, it has worked very well. And like I think the hurlers gave us four, four to five weeks before the football final. I know football is returned to favour. So uh, I'm looking forward to that now next uh, hurling final will be um, in Parky Cueve is uh, another nice one to look forward to. And for you on a personal level, Daniel, to, to captain this group of lads, to captain them to such a famous victory, and now to be looking forward to playing senior club football with your club, how, how important is that to you? Yeah, it is. It's, um, geez, it's, 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 I felt the pressure this week. Like, and definitely, I think it told me on the pitch as well. It wasn't my best performance by a long shot in any of the finals. And there was a pressure on me, definitely. And, you know, as much as you try to tell yourself there's not, um, it's not important or you know that it's it's not a huge deal it, it probably it, in the back of your head it is a really big deal um, and yeah I felt that I felt pressure going to that game like none of the other finals um, so yeah it means the world like um, as I said for the players and the management first of all just that their efforts are all like and the, you know the, it's a great group of lads you know the camaraderie there is and you know to see see them all kind of max out and play to their best ability on when it mattered most was just great and then um it's great for the club as well and um you know it's uh we've we played I I I played the years with other teams like it's funny you said it was only two but there was lots of years we were known as nearly men or you know that we, we threw away games and we should have done this and we should have done that. So look it's it's nice for the club just to to kind of be mentioned now in a in a positive light for being successful at the moment. And when you lifted the cup on Saturday night and you were looking down at the teammates and like you said, there was Air Oak fans there and probably some family members as well. That has been really special. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was again a bit surreal. It was a bit strange, but it was, yeah, it was fantastic. Like, um, in fairness, they gave us, like, they gave us a cup for, more. I'd say that most of 100 people got a picture with the cup, like, and that, that, that was great too, like, and then you had to give it back. Um, just like an, another funny thing, but yeah, it was, um, was really really special yeah and just delighted for everyone involved i have to ask you too daniel while i have you on the podcast obviously kieran um sheehan retired from inter-county action um over the weekend but the hope is he's going to play on with era oak for for years to come and we're all looking forward to that but as as a footballer like what a class act kieran is yeah as a footballer is as a person yeah he's just a very very humble genuine lad and obviously unbelievably talented and Look, at least this isn't at least for him. It's his body that's making him pack up, and that in some ways that might be a bit easier for him. Um, you know, it's it's um, it's it's unfortunate for him. But look, he has his all in middle. He's got counties in Europe. He's he's played in front of a hundred thousand people in Australia in a, a different sport. Like he's done it all, and he doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. So, um, yeah. Look, I just I hope no one. I, I, I've no doubt he'll he'll manage that knee as best he can, and he'll he'll play with us again. Um, that'll be that'll be something to look forward to too. Because even when at the start of last year when we got back, we played a couple of league games, and before the knee started getting trouble, and he was flying, and he was like um, he was like the Kiran of twenty one or twenty two years of age. And look, please God, we we'll get to see that again. But yeah, as I said, look tough for him, but um, I've no doubt he'll. Uh, Whatever he's going to do next, he'll try with it and he'll he'll approach it. But the same way he's come back from all his injuries, he's um he's mentally very strong and he comes across with a kind of calm, cool exterior. Like, but there's there's a, a mental toughness in his head, and I'm sure he'll be 
he'll, he'll play with us again and he'll he'll lead us again as well. I think the hope is we're all looking forward to see Kieran back in the football field. One moment stands out in my head just from Cork and Leash earlier this year, Daniel. Um, early in that game, Luke Connolly floated in this high ball into the Cork full forward line. Yeah. And Kieran jumped into the air. I'm not joking. It was like he was hanging in the air and he just plucked the ball from the sky, called the mark and pointed it. And you're looking at him saying, geez, that's pure touch of class. You know, he just, yeah, like I said, you said he, he just he just had it as a footballer or has it as Yeah, a I, remember, I remember that play. I watched that game. Yeah, it was... There's a famous picture of him as well from when we played Castle Mare in the county final in 2012, maybe. Like, Andrew Sullivan Butcher is quite up for the ball, like, and Kiran is about four foot over him, like, and Butcher is jumping, like, it was in crazy, crazy jump ball together and the ball in his hand. is just, he had that, um, he, he was, he's gifted, like, Kiran's gifted talent, like, and um, I suppose, look, it's just unfortunate for him that his body is probably. We want alone to take the intensity that he needs at that level, but as I said, he's done it all as well, and um, he's nothing to prove to anyone. Exactly, no doubt he'll be back to torment senior clubs in the in in the months and years ahead. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us on, on the podcast today. Congratulations again on Aero Oaks' um, success, and best to look for the season ahead. Thanks very much, Karen. Cheers. We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Fairhaven Golf Club enjoyed their first ever national success when they beat Bolton Glass in the final of the 2020 Jimmy Bruin Shield at Donegal Golf Club last week. The Bear side were given a hero's welcome when they arrived back in Castletown Bear. And Kieran, you caught up with two members of the team, Joe O'Neill and Chris Downey, to speak about the success. This is a great local story, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And interesting dynamic here between Joe and Chris. While Joe was a team captain and manager for the Bearhaven Golf Club team at uh, that won the Jimmy Bruin. Chris Downey is his manager inside in Super Value, inside in Castletown Bear, but the roles were reversed for the in the name of Bearhaven Golf when Joe was the manager with um, Chris taking instructions. But it's a it's a relationship that works and it's it's obviously it's a team that works very well together. 19 local men traveled up to Donegal for the All-Ireland. It's what two weeks ago now, and they came home as All Ireland champions and with Bearhaven Golf Club's first ever national senior title as well. And this is a nine hole golf club tucked away down in the Bear Peninsula, but they proved that they're just as good as anyone else in the country when it comes to golf. We think of Bear, we think of football, it's a GA stronghold. We might have to add golf to that list now because um, this Bearhaven Golf Club team achieved something that was never achieved by by Bearhaven Golf Club before they, they went to Donegal, they brought home in All-Ireland. And it's just a great story, Jack, because this is a collection of, of a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. We've fishermen, we've shop owners, we've postmen, we've builders, we've five Castletown Bear footballers. So it pulls from all strands of the local community and it's just a really good local success, success story. And as you'll hear now from Joe and Chris, they're still celebrating Bearhaven Golf Club's famous win. Forget John Ram at the US Open. The biggest golf story in town is still Bearhaven Golf Club's recent 2020 Jimmy Bruin Shield final triumph in Donegal. We're joined now by two of the heroes of this team, 
team captain and manager Joe O'Neill and golfer extraordinaire Chris Downey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us. Joe, I'm going to come to you first. Um, we'd Patrick Harrington on this podcast a couple of weeks ago because of his Beira links, his very, very strong connections to Beira. And as we all know, he's Ryder Cup captain in a couple of months' time. So given your success with Bearhaven Golf Club, I presume you're open to sharing some of your secrets to success with Patrick Harrington. I don't know. I'd say he's, um, he wouldn't need any advice off me. I'd say he's safe enough. Um, I would know like his... Um, is brilliant. Like, is, I suppose it's, it's a similar kind of job you have, but obviously I think there's a more pressure on him to get a cup team. I mean, but, um, yeah, I, I think I think I don't know for first first time out. Like Joe, I suppose this was the first national title in the history of Bearhaven Golf Club. Have your feet touched the ground since Donegal? Jesus, it is. Um, I'd say not really. I'd say it's kind of like even kind of coming back back to work now in the last week and things, and people are still even. It, it got a week like people are still talking about it, like, which is absolutely brilliant. Like, you know, like um, when we came back from Donegal, like it was for me anyway, it only started hitting home because we were so far away up in Donegal, we were kind of in our own bubble, like, you know. But when we came down, then obviously you see your family and friends and see how much you meant to the community down here. For, for me, that's when I started kicking in, and is, we're kind of we're slowly coming back down to earth, but um, we'll, we'll be living after some for a while anyway. So. Chris, when you think of Beira, first off, you think of GA, it's a football stronghold. So, What's the secret to Bearhaven's golf club success? How did this collection of golfers, this group of men, come together to form a team that's good enough to win an All-Ireland title? I suppose we, we always felt we had good golfers in the golf club. Um, Any time previously, we would go out, we kind of we had a small panel, so we'd, we'd always win our first game. And if we had to play a second game in the evening, you know, we, we didn't really have the strength and depth for another couple of lads to come in. So we'd always also be missing a few lads playing football. You know, there'd be a match on, so we might be missing two or three lads. So kind of with COVID and only having to play one game a day and having a full panel available, I kind of, the stars aligned for us, you know, and we just got our best 10 and 12 lads out there every time and it made a big difference to us. Joe, this isn't an overnight success story either. Like this has been the culmination of, a lot of years of hard work from the golf club, kind of some of the members, some of the team members have come up through from, from the very young ranks, come up through. And and I wrote last in last week's Southern Star, there's fishermen, postmen, builders, shop owners, you name it, this this team has it. So what was involved in bringing everyone together from the different strands of, of the community and even different sporting backgrounds? Um, I suppose like we all, like you're saying there, like the football is probably the biggest sport down here. Um, like there's... But like I said, five, six of us still currently playing. Like, well, I think like it just, I suppose the group of lads came together. Like it's been there, like the lads have been playing, I'd say like at a, at a level good enough for the last three or four years. But it's just the fact that I think even with COVID having a break away from the football as well, it kind of, when the golf course opened back, like lads were itching to go back playing. Like obviously lads are still training as well. But um, I think a massive advantage for us is that like, we're obviously we're not a big club. So like, we don't have to worry about going online and booking a tea time or, or you know, booking uh, going on, on, online at Tuesday or Wednesday night to book a competition for the weekend. We have the, the freedom to actually go out and, you know, play a couple of holes or play nine holes and not, not really be bothered too much. Like, you know, I think that's massive because we were, kind of, we were tipping away the whole time then, like, you know. So practice makes perfect. And Chris, I want to go back to the, the Munster final last year of the Jimmy Broom because that seems like it was a breakthrough moment for this team. That's when Bearhaven Golf Club won its first ever Munster senior pennant. I think he beat, was it Shannon 3-2 on O'Mahony's Point down in Clarny, which is a famous course, obviously, the Irish Open all those years ago. But in terms of 
of that win, did that just prove to you and show you that you are good enough to hold your own with the best in the country and actually go out and beat them on the course? Yeah, I think it just gave us that little bit of confidence to say we can do it. Um, like that was my 22nd or 23rd year in a row representing the club in Jimmy Brown since I was about 14 years old. And like there's five or six of us on the panel in the same boat playing year in, year out, playing good golf, but just not breaking through, not making that final putt to get through to the next round, you know? So there's plenty of experience in the team. Um, small club, 198 members is what we have from juniors, ladies and men's. So like small club, we all know each other and we all get on. And I think Munster in Clarny last year, there was very little nerves and we kind of just, we were going to go out and do it and prove it to ourselves that we were good enough, you know, and thankfully we got across the line. Just on that for a second, Chris, like you said there, you've been playing for the Jimmy Broom since you were 14. So did you yeah. notice there was something different about this group? I did. Up in Donegal, it was amazing. Like there was no nerves whatsoever. I think everyone had that little bit of confidence and it wasn't arrogance, but everyone knew their job and we were going out, especially in the semi-final. We were going out we didn't want to come down to cast back to Castanbear losing a semi-final. I suppose we felt if we lost the final, we could probably handle that. But to, to come away from Donegal with not even getting to the final, we, we, we didn't want that for our club. We didn't want that for the team, you know. And lads just were determined to go out and do their job. And thankfully, thankfully that happened. You mentioned obviously the semi-final and the final were up in Donegal. That's a six-hour one-way trip without stopping the car. So it's the it's the opposite side of the country. But for you, Joe, as as a manager, what does that entail? How much preparation goes into preparing for like a, a semi-final and a final? Um, I suppose like the situation that that well, I was given anyway was that obviously it was a long journey. Mm-hmm. Um, like a couple of us stayed back. We we actually a football match past somewhere on the Monday, and a couple of us stayed back and we travelled up to that. Um, there was only two lads travelled up the shoes in the morning, so if, everyone was there. And you know, you, you could, you know, fair enough, we were late enough to get you up there, but everyone was in bed early the Monday. You know, they were kind of relaxed in shoes, and you know, they were they were legendary. Like I felt that if you were leaving any later, like you know, it's um, it's kind of too slapdash, like you know, be too thrown together then, and lads w- wouldn't even feel themselves that they weren't prepared. You know, and obviously, like the the lads themselves, like the experiences there, I, don't, I didn't really have to tell them much regards preparing. Like they all knew they'd bring their rain gear and whatever had to, all that their clubs were in order and their gear, whatever. Like, you know, I had, I had to do much that way, but um, yeah, there, there was a bit of work going to it, right? But it, it paid off in the end, right? How does it come to picking the pairings, then, Joe? Are there kind of set pairings that have evolved over years, or fellas know that they're comfortable playing together, or how, how do you settle on who goes out with who? Um, well, I suppose with the broom, I suppose like this year, like it, it works on handicaps as well. So, like, typically you below by playing off probably five or six. Playing with a fellow that's normally off, we say nine or ten. Um, but yes, we have to think for partnership too. Like you can have you can have a five handicapper, a ten handicapper, and play them together, and they might can get on. And not even that they might can get on, they might their games might work together. So um, there was a bit of chopping change, but I think there's actually there was a couple of players even from kind of early on that were fairly well in my head anyway were fairly concrete. You know that's I, I didn't really have much reason to change much. You know obviously. When you when you play two rounds, like there might be lads, it might be one for the missing, or like we had a, we had an injury at the start of the year, and it, that that had to be replaced. And you always have small issues like that as you go along, but the panel was strong enough. Thankfully, those lads are just frustrated, and, and um, like we all know each other well enough. Notice, you know, we all get on. Like, it was it made my job fairly easy in that respect as well. Like, 
And Chris, you were in action in the semi-final on the Wednesday. That was a three and a half to one and a half semi-final win over Battle in the Slow. Um, what are your big recollections of, of, of your game that day? Um, it was a tough battle. Um, I played with David Kelly that day and there was only three holes won in the whole match. We were we were one down playing 17. So out of, out of 16 holes, 13 of them were halved. Um, Battle in the Slow were a good team. Um, and... I think when when we when we managed to get across the line against Banlaslow, we'd no worries for the final, especially when the home club Donegal were taken out by Bolton Glass as well. That gave us another boost, because Donegal on their own patch would have been would have been a daunting task. And so that night, Chris, right after winning the semi final against Banlaslow, and you're preparing for the final the next day against Bolton Glass, what do you do that night in and even going into the next morning just to stay grounded, to stay focused? Uh, we did loads of different stuff, so. A couple of us went to Killybegs. Um, my dad's a fisherman here, and I hadn't been in Killybeg, so I thought I better I better take the road up there. So three or four of us went there. Um, a couple of the lads went for a seaweed bass. Um, Names, so please. Yeah. <laughs> so there was there was loads of like we went for walks on the beach after after our meal. We had a meal together that night, but I was I was blown away that there was no nerves, nothing whatsoever. Lads, lads were confident in their own ability and. I think fair credit goes to Joe for setting us up. Um, he showed great leadership and maturity in, in the way he handled the team. We also had a great panel as well, a couple of the other lads that weren't playing. It's hard to take when you're not picked, but they made us laugh. They took away the nerves. They had the crack. Um, it was really a team effort in fairness, not, not just the 10 who were playing. The morning of the final, so Joe, was there a, a team meeting? What was the rallying cry you issued to the lads before they hit the course? Uh, yeah, so like we we had, we had a brief meeting. Like there wasn't um, wasn't there wasn't the whole point we talked about. Like I gave the team the night before, like um, and um, look, we we had a quick talk. We we talked about how the semi final went, um, things that we wanted to look at, like attacking because like there was thirty three boards made in the semi final, so like the golf, the standard of golf in the semi final. Sorry, they were certainly made in the semi-final, but still standard of golf. Like, there was no worries in my head about the standard that was being played. Obviously, the final, it, it, it kind of blew a bit of a gale, all right. But um, just kind of, just refreshing lads' heads, like, you know, kind of getting them thinking that the semi-final is gone now. You have to try and move on and think of the next thing. And obviously, preparation, like, the I felt that the, the most important time for preparation was actually from when we got into the hotel after the semi-final that night. So like them couple hours even before you go to bed, I thought that I felt that was the most important. And like like Chris said, a couple of lads went away to Killy Bags and a couple of lads went to had their seaweed bats or whatever. Like and uh, you know like a few we, we we sat down to dinner. We had all of us had a couple of points. We were nice and relaxed. And you know we like I was trying to get the lads as relaxed as they can. Just even thinking that like that they were going out the next morning playing nine holes in Haven, That they weren't thinking of every shot in their head. Do not worry about that in the morning. And thankfully, I, I think it worked for most of it. I think everyone had a fairly good night's sleep. You said there about keeping the lads relaxed. How relaxed were you in the final? What was going on? Five matches, um, like a terrific final. Uh, so what was, what was it like for you, keeping trying to keep track of all the different parents that were out there and even working out the scores and so on? But for me, like I'd say, when I came home, like, I was mentally shattered because I'd say I had every, I had every single shot in my own head. And there was times there I was thinking, I was like, oh, God, is he going to hit this one? Or where's this going? And I was running around after the five pairings. So thank God, um, no team training cast on beer finally paid off for me. And anyway, I was, I'd say I covered the whole course 20 times over. I'd say in the final day. But I know, like, for me, like, 
I going up there, I was actually I was relaxed until the first tee shot was hit in the semi-final and going around, I was even early days, I was kind of reassured because there was a couple of matches went up early and I felt that the semi-final went so well that I didn't even have many much nerves. I was kind of more excited to watch it than nervous, if you get me, you know, because like I know it's it's like it's there's a lot of pressure playing in in at that level, like and um like I was just I was blown away by how like calm and like low-key confident the lads were like you know they were confident their own abilities like so for me it was actually the final was a lot more enjoyable to watch even though it was nail biting but I had belief in the whole way around too like you know so it was nice overall in fairness like and Chris you had David Kelly and yourself you had a six and five win in the final was it as comfortable as the scoreline suggests we were we were five up after five and it was the most enjoyable experience I've ever had because you could actually enjoy it we were in an All-Ireland final day and like David turned around to me after five holes and he said, like, I, this is beyond my wildest dreams, you know. Like we've been on the other side of them. We've been five down after five sometimes as well. And like, yeah, we did feel sorry for the lad, but we weren't going to take our shoe off either, you know. We, we had to do a job. We had to deliver a point and thankfully we did. That must be the stuff of dreams, Chris, to be five up after five holes in, a, in an All-Ireland final. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Couldn't write the story. Like we couldn't have went better for us, you know. I suppose it was like we wanted to win that game as early as possible so we could give the lads a boost and say, well, there's one in the bag. We only need two more. So that was our objective was as fast as we could to deliver the point. And the crucial point was scored on the 16th green with Declan Dunn and Luke Sullivan did a 4-2 win over um, Fergal Dunhu and Nathan Geraghty, I think, from Barton Glass. How was that feeling like, Joe, when that, when, when that win was secured and you knew that Bearhaven Golf Club were All-Ireland champions? Yeah, it was, um, it, was just, it was a feeling of just pure relief of just thinking, I was just, not even for myself, for the whole club, like, and especially for the group of lads. Because like, there was, coming down 15, there was, there was two brilliant iron shots hitting the 15 to kind of take it, they won 15 to go three up. And then I was kind of thinking, right, this is actually happening. Before my mind was a blank to, to what even round we were at in, in the final, I was just kind of concentrating on the golf. And uh, I think there, there was two great iron shots hitting on 15 over the rough, and they weren't out easy lies either, like which set up them to win 15 and go three up for three to play. So all I was thinking was, like, you know, you'd be thinking power, power one of the last three, we safe enough for you know, like drawing all birdies. So when the pop in, I was delighted, like, you know, and um, in fairness, like the deck to hold the last one, I think, was really fitting because. He, he's the kind of fellow that's kind of stepped up in the last couple of months, like his games come on and off leap, leaps and bones, and it's done. Everyone was kind of happy that it fell on deck to do it. You know, I felt like it was the right person to do it. So, delighted for him and delighted for, for the rest of the lads. So, it's a feeling really proud. Club chairman Kevin O'Shea and last week's star saying it was a phenomenal achievement and hailing the team for what you achieved in Donegal. And you yeah, know, you had a great homecoming. So, how eager were you to get back down to Castletown Bay or from Donegal for the homecoming to meet family, friends? Uh, teammates um, just to share to share this f- fantastic win it was it was incredible like there was there was tears in people's eyes who'd been involved in the club for so long and I suppose we we never thought we'd see the day that national pennants have come home to Bearhaven like there's so many good men that have w- worked and played in that golf club gone before us the likes of Colin Breen John Donoghue and um, Pierce Lyne just to name a couple like they were all entering our heads as we were coming around the corner to the square and I certainly was blown away when I saw what was in the square waiting for us. I suppose we didn't realise what we were after achieving and what it meant to our community. Um, 
a positive news story. I think like everybody has been down the dumps from COVID to restrictions and this was just a shining light. I suppose we were always wondering, would it ever get played? And to get that opportunity, then we said we weren't going to let go of this. And like the last week has been incredible inside in the shop. Like you can't walk a couple of feet with someone coming up congratulating you. Like it's it's been incredible. Uh, I I don't think it's sunk in yet what we've achieved. It probably won't for a while until until we probably try again and fail, you know. And Joe, what do you think the legacy of this will be for Bearhaven Golf Club? Um, like I, I said, I said to you last week, because I think it's for me. I think it's the start of something, you know. Like it's um, I say it's, it's finally got the ball moving. Like like, and I think at every level, like um, like we had a Barton Shield game there just a weekend gone, and we we got over the line in that. And I think people are actually, this is it's made people kind of believe in what they can actually do. Like you know, like. All we, all I've heard, even playing when I was younger, the club was a, a small club. Like you know, they, they won't be up to much, and that's what we've heard for a long, long time. And I think by doing this, it's to say, look, we're here and we're here to play golf as well. You know, and that not just to push us aside because we're because the size of our community or the size of our members. Like you know, so um, for me, like like I think a big um, a big thing to pull out even of the coming season is to try and say obviously try and push on and do do well in the Bruin again this year. To try and push on something else as well because the lads are getting lower and lower and better and better the whole time so you can look at a, at a better and lower standard of golf then you know and you're one of the kind of interesting aspects and you mentioned it to me last week when we were chatting and Kevin O'Shea mentioned it as well on the Saturday morning after the homecoming there was was a 30, 40, 50 youngsters out on the golf course like that's great for the future of the golf club that you have these young local kids interested in golf and now they've seen me achieve what you've achieved so that old saying success breeds success you'd hope that that will inspire those kids to keep playing golf uh hopefully like um we we have we have our guru down at home uh, timmy lynch if we have any any problems you know most lads go to him and uh in fairness like nearly all of us like i've gone to him a lot of younger lads have gone, have gone to him when we all started playing golf and like he, he's an absolute credit to the club and he, he has more than more he's more than handful of helpers helping every saturday morning and like the work, he, the work he does that goes on behind the scene, uh, there's not half enough credit given to him because without him, there's nothing coming through. And like we went to, we went to all the primary schools in Beira, either we went to Castle and Beira today now, and we went to a few of them last week during the week. And like even to see if you pulled a couple of them from every every couple of classes, even you know if you got these, if you got five or six out of every primary school, like you know, does the numbers keep growing and growing, like you know. So oh, does, it's only it's only going to be growing from here, I think. You know, which is brilliant to see as well because the young people are, are the ones that are going to be driving the club. Just tell me a bit about the golf course itself. In Castanbear? Yeah, please. Yeah, um, nine hole course. Um, fairly difficult. It's uh, its style is probably a little linksy. Um, our final three holes, uh, we played against Glengarth in the Barton at the weekend and we were told our final three holes are the best three holes in Cork. Um, all water at the seventh hole you have to carry the water with your tee shot and you have to carry your water with your approach shot to the green as well so like on some courses you can get away with maybe hitting an old tin one an old runny one you know up the fairway and you can't do that in Bearhaven you always have a wind so like we'd be we'd be mentally strong for whatever would be thrown at us you know and like credit must be given to the people who are in charge of the course as well, our greenkeeper, Brendan, our greens have come on in the last three years, leaps and bounds. And I, I think it has made the difference between us being successful and not. Um, like before, we used to go to an away club to play a match. 
and we'd struggle to get the pace in the green um, because our own weren't maybe as good at home. But the last three to four years, our, our course has stepped up something incredible. Um, and again, it's down to COVID, down to fellas volunteering their time and going out and digging a drain and all this kind of stuff, you know. It's been incredible the, the amount of volunteer work that we've had out there as well. So the club has come together as well as the community. So like it can only be good for the Bear Peninsula. Yeah, 100%. It's an incredible local sporting success story, but a, a success story for the whole community as well. And so many different side stories to this story. Like you mentioned there, Joe, about the Castletown Bear footballers and five of you five of you didn't play the night after the homecoming. Castletown Bear beat Carby Rangers in the Tom Creedon Cup and... One of the side stories I'm interested in is it the, the, the dynamic between the two of you because Chris is the owner and, and he runs Super Value in Castletown Bay. Oh, and that's that that's where Joe works as well. So, Chris, what was it like for you to take orders from Joe up in Donegal? Well, I, I think I said there earlier, like he, he showed massive leadership skills. He showed great maturity. Um, I had no bother rowing in behind him for the couple of days, but... I was, I was glad when the roles were reversed and I was back to the shop. <laughs> just nice to have run, run him for a week. You know. He hasn't put in for extra days off yet, is he? Not yet, not yet no. But like you, I suppose on any team, you have to know your place as well, you know? You, you, you have to know when to, when to speak up and, and when not to. And like, Joel led us incredibly and it was fitting that he was the man in the first car coming into Castown, you know, holding that shield, I think. I think every one of us behind them were proud of that moment, you know. No, like I said, it's an incredible local sporting success story. One of the sporting stories in West Cork this year. So congrats to you, Chris. Congrats, Joe. Congrats to everyone involved on the team and everyone in Bearhaven Golf Club. And best of luck for the rest of the year. Super. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Kim. We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car, or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Okay, Kieran, then before we wrap things up, I think there's a bumper Southern Star Sports section coming this week. Would I be right in saying that? It's getting bigger and bigger as the weeks of summer progress. 100%. This is the biggest sports section of the year so far, and it is absolutely jam-packed and crammed with the best of West Cork sport in action. We have an interview with John Murphy, the Kinsale golfer, who is teeing off life on the Challenge Tour this Thursday in France. It's the first of seven Challenge Tour events that he is going to compete in over the over the next couple of weeks and months as he dips his toe into life as a professional golfer. So I just want to wish John Murphy the very best to look there. Um, we touched on earlier when we were chatting about Phil Healy that the National Senior Athletics Championships are on this Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And we have a lot of top class local athletes like Phil, Shane Howard, Darren McElhinney. They'd all be in action there. But last weekend, it was the next generation of West Cork sports stars who were flying the West Cork flag at the Under-23 and Junior Championships. And they brought home the gold as well. Lauren McCourt, Fionn Harrington, Maeve O'Neill, Nicola Tuttle, they all won gold. So huge congrats to all of them. We have a lot of GA action too, because this Saturday it's Dublin and Cork in the Ladies National League Division 1 Football League final. We have interviews with Darren O'Sullivan, Melissa Duggan, Martina O'Brien and Evie Fitzgerald. So that's well worth checking out. Also in the inside track, Holly O'Sullivan in his weekly column, he runs the roost over... Cork footballers 
National League campaign and he picks out five talking points from Cork's four games and he's he's looking at Cork's defensive struggles um, because they conceded a lot in their last couple of games against Clare and Westmead he's on about he's telling Ronan McCarthy that he needs to wrap E. Maguire in cotton wool for the championship coming up so that's well worth checking out we also have a full page on the, the big derby last weekend which was O'Donovan Rossa and Castlehaven in the County Football League. It finished honours even with our man Tom Lyons on the ground there. So we have a full page match report and reaction from that. There's also a lot of other local matches as well in the Junior A Football Championships with wins for Kilmacabee and Ivlera from, from Muscray. And that's actually a very interesting County Junior A Football Championship semi-final to look forward to in the months ahead. The Muscray champions against the West Cork champions. And we have full reports and reaction from all of those and a lot, lot more. So, um, just Jack, I'd recommend this Thursday's Southern Star. Absolutely. And if you can't make it to the shops, you can always subscribe to the Southern Star di- Digital Edition online and read it from anywhere in the world. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet, or smartphone for less than two euro per week. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Slán